Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, it's Ruben from Dub. We're on the podcast here with Amir. And Amir is the founder and CEO of CloudTask. And there's a tremendous story here and a tremendous journey that Amir has gone through, which is taking his company to now what is a $5 million a year business. And that's a recurring revenue. That's the sweetest type of revenue. So Amir, let, let's get right into it, man. What was, the, what was the path? What were your humble beginnings? And then what was the, the journey to get you to where you are now? Ruben, thanks for having me on here. Yeah. Um, I, you know, where do I begin? Um, I think the, the 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 beginning of this story was started off with a you know a true pain point as being an entrepreneur and just having troubles uh, with my own small businesses when it came to hiring and managing teams. And I just kind of wanted there to be a uh, better way to go to market without having to uh, recruit, train, coach, fire, pay, um, and and focus on my product. So. With that in mind, um, you know, I thought there was an opportunity for CloudTask to help technology companies and SaaS companies and uh, BPO in general, which has been around for a long time, was only accessible to uh, the enterprise where AT&Ts and big banks would hire 500, 1,000 people at a time. So there, there wasn't anything really available um, for SMBs, right? And um, that was kind of the the idea behind CloudTask, and then, um, you know, we had a team in Manila and Philippines to start. But my me and my co-founder Alon Murkin went and visited the uh, beautiful city of Medellin, Colombia, and we fell in love and decided that um, it, it was an opportunity for us to bring technology and software sales and customer success and support um, to a nearshore um, area. And we moved six months later to. Uh, Columbia and the, the the beginnings were like most companies we we worked from our uh, apartment but it was a very big apartment right uh, and, and um, we had a team that was um, a, a team that uh, believed in us um, you know some people from uh, Bogota um, would, would actually move from Bogota to Medellin and we we were able to uh, just start growing from uh, you know small team into what we are now from you know from two to three people to two, ten plus and, and growing, which has uh, been really awesome. Now, what I love about the way that you kind of explain that paradigm shift of this idea that traditionally, historically, that enterprise companies could activate a sales department, a customer support team. You know, they could say, we need 500 people. Click. Here's a check. Let's go. Let's activate that. I mean, that is the essence of instant scale. And historically speaking, the only way that that could happen, to your point, is that if a company can just basically have the money to pay for that. And I think that the problem with that is that small businesses, medium-sized businesses, they didn't have the same opportunity to activate that type of of scaled growth. And I'm really curious to know how you unlock that. And how you cracked that code, and what was the what was really the friction and the problem that existed beforehand? 
Well, I'm like, to be honest with you, a lot of these organizations I, I later found out existed and, and, and nobody just knows their names, right? Like there's, um, and, and these are some of my competitors, but I, I consider them colleagues. They've been doing it for 30 years, like a company like Market Star, Market Source. They're doing north of a quarter billion to two billion in sales. They've just been powering humongous companies for 30 years. And when they power those companies, they're not Market Star, Market Source. They're Ford. You know, they're... Um, their uh, Bank of America, they're, they're different organizations. So nobody, they weren't really getting that exposure. Um, and it's like this niche of enterprise companies that nobody's just talking about it. And then everybody below that is like, no, you can't. My product's too complicated. Um, and the bigger companies are like, you know what, I'm gonna hire five of you and put you against each other. I got an internal team, I got an external team, I got five external teams, we don't care. We just care about the numbers, the quality and the customer experience. So there was just that gap that like I didn't even know. I knew there was a problem that I wanted to fix, and then I was I had more market confirmation. I was like, oh, these guys exist. Oh, we can actually get that big, right? Um, and then uh, you know, because a lot of us don't know about the whole BPO world, but it's not outsourcing and BPO is not. We think of India and the Philippines, but it's America. There's probably two thousand onshore facilities, right? Um, right in your neighborhood that nobody knows about because there's powering big companies. And um, a lot of people got their humble roots in those companies. Um, and it's just not a flashy industry, right? It's not, they're not out of the Y Combinator. They're not, they're not, you know, they don't have the, they don't have the billion dollar valuations while losing billions of dollars, right? That's America, right? We, we know the companies that are, uh, you know, publicly traded and losing money, right? But these profitable BPOs nobody talked about. And, um, yeah, there, there was, it was a big aha moment because at first it was just building something that I thought can help a leader like myself, a leader like yourself, and then it, realizing that, hey, uh, technology is also really transforming the way we work, um, and it's transforming the workplace. And also, um, unfortunately, what's happening with COVID, because it's an unfortunate event, also kind of sped a lot of stuff up where people now don't have a choice, and they can be like, all right, well, um, you can get it done remotely, right? Because a lot of businesses were just on-premise that was just their dna um, that makes sense now i think when an enterprise comes to let's say you guys they might have a strategy in play they might have a big problem that they're trying to solve right they have their customer service is broken it takes 30 minutes for a customer rep to answer a phone call on average you know they have a uh, hundred thousand leads that have never been touched and they need to activate a sales department Mm -hmm. They might not need a strategy. They might need resources. They might need people, right? Now, what happens when a company comes to you that's that's smaller in nature, that hasn't received, that hasn't gotten to that scale moment, that maybe isn't suffering from an overload problem or an immediate lack of resources problem, but rather has an innate desire to grow and to scale? Amir, help us scale. Amir, help us to go from this level to this level from a, from a recurring revenue standpoint. Yeah. How do you come to the table with resources and with strategy? Uh, that's a good question. So, so just to be transparent, the part of you called out, I think my computer kind of, I, I pushed my computer to the limits. Um, so it's not your fault. Yeah. Uh, but I could probably get what you were saying. Um, my, my, question is, my question is simple. When a, when a company that hasn't necessarily done scale yet comes to you yeah and they want strategy and resources how do you provide that uh so so believe it or not i actually partner with um multiple sales consultancies 
and multiple sales leaders. Some of them are actually who you would think are my competitors, but they're really not. They're my colleagues. Um, and I bring on top talent, uh, authors of books, um, people that you would know that I'm not going to name drop here um, because I also grow my company the same way I believe that a another person should grow the company, right? I'd be ready to come to work. It doesn't matter if you're W2, 1089, or through third party. If you get it done, you get it done. So I bring in um, top talent um, from around the world with specific experience that I have. Um, some of them are permanent residents. Some of them are, at, you know, um, on, on, on call with their specialty and I'll bring them in if I don't have the talent in house. Oftentimes I do, right? Um, like we work in VoIP a lot and I have a, a great sales manager who's been in VoIP and call service for 10 years, right? Um, he's managing X amount of bandwidth, right? Um, as we grow that area, I might bring in someone else. Um, so we basically, you know, bring in top consultants as part of the managed service. And that's part of the blended rate, right? When people, hire a BPO uh, like CloudTask or like a competitor or colleague, they're not just paying for a, a rep, they're paying for management, strategy, quality assurance, coaching, training, hiring, firing. That's our, that's our value prop, right? So um, leaders, VPs of sales, director of, of sales can focus on the KPIs they want without the micro, the micro uh, management. They're like, this is our new product, right? We have a freemium offering. We have a compelling event. Um, and we need to get some market share. And then we, we bring in experts, whether or not we have it or in-house. Um, and we're just always growing, so we're always hiring. You know, it's interesting because your model is so, it's so relevant for the era that we're in right now because historically people are like, oh, we don't want to outsource and you know, we, wanna, we don't want to have some virtual connection now. And all those, all those uh, barriers have been broken now, you know? Yeah. So what is it what is it like for you? I mean, this is just from my perspective, but what is it like to be in a situation now where outsourcing and virtual and you know being connected digitally is is just the new norm? I mean, have you seen like a spike in your business and demand and Yeah, so like? so immediately 72 hours we lost about 30% of our current revenue. Um and the companies that um, like we were very, you know, I would say that we were very not cutthroat, right? Some of them were like just signed contracts and they were selling to schools and they were like, Hey, like this happened. And like, we had to do the right thing and let them out. Right. Um, and as a leader, it was tough because I wanted to do the right thing. I needed to protect my employees. Um, I held on to every employee. We didn't let anybody go. And it was very disheartening. And I posted about this on Clathouse seeing companies that had hundreds of millions of dollars on hand fire people. I was shocked, right? Because we bootstrapped a quarter million and I didn't fire anybody. Um, we fought hard. Me and the sales team, uh, you know, I love sales development. I was just reaching out to people, being helpful. Um, and our sales team had the best month ever um, in, I think, May. Um, and, and we have since then gone from 170 to 210 and we're, we're hiring like crazy. So we've seen a lot of growth. Um, and a lot of our partners, who are my colleagues, who are friends within the industry, are also seeing that growth um, as well. So it, it's it's a lot of growth has happened, but there's a lot of still uncertainty about just which markets are growing, which are not, right? So um, people still need to get revenue, but at the t same time, there's no data on like how pipelines will close three months, four months out, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it's been fortunate. It, it's been it, it's been a positive for us. Um, I think from a business standpoint, I'm not personally, we're all locked in, right? Um, and and nobody likes what's happening. But um, yeah, it's been a growth trigger 
definitely. And and we are, are very lucky to be on target for our initial forecast. It was not um, adjusted. Right. Yeah. Now, a lot of people have mental blocks. I want to kind of pivot the combo a little bit. Uh, people suffer. I've suffered from this where you, you have a glass ceiling, right? And that glass ceiling is not we might initially think it's some sort of an excuse. I don't have X, I don't have Y, I need element of P. But oftentimes we start to realize that it's, it's, it's in our mind. Our limit is in our mind, right? So do you, did you figure something out in your career, in your life at some point to say, you know what, I, I can bootstrap a company. I can grow it without you know, massive amounts of external capital. I can take risk. I can literally pick up and go and move to a developing nation, uh, which is, I'm sure, paradise, by the way. <laughs> and, and do so in a way where you, you have fun in the whole process. What do you know that we don't know? What's the unlock? Guide us uh, here, please, Amir. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think uh, I, I, I'm very competitive with my older brothers. They, they don't know that the competition's on, um, but they they were just really really good guys i have three older brothers who were super successful modest smart right so i was like hey man like these are my brothers i have to be great right um and and one of my brothers avi in particular um he was an early he had an early exit at 26 and he was he moved to tel aviv for like three years and he was traveling the world and he'd be the brother who'd like fly me to rio right like i'd be sad at 26 because i broke up with a girl and he'd be like let's go to brazil right um he was a little early because that was a time where like you couldn't work remote right um and i think he paved the way for me to then realize that like hey that's an awesome lifestyle it's it, it expands your mind it expands your world um fortunately it also parlayed into the fact that like now you can actually not be a backpacker and, and instead of being um in thailand you could be like in a mansion if you could afford you know what you can afford in miami uh and running an organization right like right, right. now i have 210 employees and like I've never been more connected to my employees. I'm slacking them until 10 o'clock at night. Right. Uh, I'm like, they're on lockdown, so they have nothing better to do, but right. it, it, it's, it goes to show you, right, um, what can be done. Now, the, li the lifestyle that you're living is, it's a, it's a YouTube channel, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's a YouTube, you're traveling around the world. All right. Yeah, people, like people, people, and my friend Justin Michael, um, who's also a well-known guy on LinkedIn and sales leader, it, He's always whenever he's in San Francisco, he sees me. So I have, I think I have more friends in San Francisco, and I'm probably more social in the scene than most most guys uh, in in tech in San Fran, um, which is ironic. But yeah, we've we've been around, and I saw you and your team at uh, Inbound. You guys got me into your uh, your product as well. So yeah, yeah, that was that's that's. I'm glad you mentioned that. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of a lot of fun out there uh, in the good old days when we used to go to conferences. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Nice. So, uh, so smaller businesses, smaller kind of companies, what's some best advice that you can give them to start to think about scale? Like what are some immediate things that those types of companies should start to do to think about growth? Um, well, I think the biggest opportunity when it comes to growth is um, the social game is huge, right? I think for okay. us, um, a lot of people are hesitant to build LinkedIn profiles, to um, be active in Facebook groups. And it's a really big opportunity for leaders to, to scale that presence, make friendships, make connections. Um, and, and 
you know, act um, like a thought leader in your space because if you own a company and you have an idea, you should be, right? Um, you know, like as a, a CEO of a video technology and sales, like I am 100% positive that you are sending uh, and testing the limits of video, right? Um, and you could talk about that, right, to the world and being helpful. Um, and then at the same time, when it comes to scale and your question about what to be fair scale, step on the gas when it comes to social, um, invest early into an LMS system and, and coaching and training. And I would say um, have your eye on, you know, happy clients, revenue and happy employees and put step on the gas. Right. And, and just be prepared to fail because, you know, um, you're going to. Right. And if you don't, uh, you're not trying, basically, mm. you know. And, and what happens when you work with a client and you fundamentally disagree with their, let's say, sales strategy? And that you think that the reason why they hired you was because they were suffering from pro some problem, but they might not realize that it's it's at a Oh, that happens level. all the time. It happens all the time, right? And like how do you a lot deal of the times, uh, by just being straightforward, and okay. and and like we, we have a client right now that's um, a, a well-funded, great company, right? And they they want an ROI, right? Um, and they're giving us the worst leads. They're giving us the one to two users that spend 90000 a month. They want an ROI. And it's like, yeah, they're setting us up for failure. And it's okay, right? Like, um, unless unless they want to change it. So I, I, I jumped on it. I called the CEO and I'm like, look, man, like I, I didn't join your team to work for you for six months. Like, there's just no, we're not going to pat each other on the back and be like, hey, we got a six month agreement. Like, I have the, you know, I, I have to tell you how I feel. I have to pull on every lever as I can. Um, and they like that when you're straightforward because most leaders are very straightforward, type A personalities, and they're, they're, they're you know, they're, they're direct. Um, what happens, what we struggle with is that some of our management um, doesn't have 10 years of experience, right? They're great. They're learning fast. So they tend to, tend to shy from that, you know, it's, it's intimidating telling a VP of sales with 20 years of experience, you're leading me down the wrong path, right? Mm. Um, so unfortunately, we have lost um, partnerships. I call them partnerships, right? Not customers because of a, a poor strategy or they led us in the wrong direction. But we see everything, right? Like I have seen customer accounts that have crushed it. Um, but account executives follow up once we get fired. I have seen times where we had 11x ROI and our, our direct point of contact we leave the new company, we get fired. I see times where um, I have had a, a situation where somebody who hated us, somebody who literally was like the naysayer, like get Cloud Task out of here, right? Moved to a new company and was like, this company already has another third party outsourcing company. And she was like, you guys are so much better that I have to say something. And she turned into our biggest clients and friend. Um, so like I've seen every client, I just being straightforward, I think, and honest, right? Um, is the only hope you have. And then when you build an authority and you have data to back your, your confidence, um, it gets easier, right? Like there's a reason why we're the number one in G2 crowd. Um, there's a reason why we grew so fast. Like there has to be something here, you know? Like you hired us for a reason. Um, the same way you believe in an employee, right? What people don't take into account is like, they'll hire 500 sales reps and fire 500 and keep going. But once they hire one outsourced salesperson, they're, I tried this before and it didn't work. And I have to tell them, I'm like, hey, you also hired 500 salespeople who fired. It's the same thing with the company. Every company is different, different timing, different management, right? And um, one of the biggest things that I hate is a leader 
who doesn't believe in it but gets convinced because it's almost like voodoo magic where like they'll set you off to fail because they're like they're like mm, it's not gonna work but you know what fine just try it right and it's like if you're not going to be if you're not gonna pull for it to succeed um you're you're just you're you're already washing your money down the drain it's almost like a bad energy right um like i got vetoed for my marketing team the other day about seo i was like guys we don't need to spend more money in seo and they're like amir we do like and i was like you know what raise a hand who wants to do it right and i got i got beat right it was three to one against me and i go cool it's approved um i wasn't crossing my hands and being like um this is gonna fail right i was like i'm on board now um i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure this works right so i think um you know i hope i didn't speak too fast and get all over the place but I think no, you just great, have man. to you have to be straightforward, um, talk about confidence, um, and be able to have that awkward conversation before the awkward conversation is, hey, uh, we like you guys, you did a good job, but we're firing you, um, right? Mm-hmm. Right? I, yeah. I, you know, Ruben, I have to talk to you now before you fire me in four months. If we are on the same path, I would fire myself. This is what I think we should do. What do you think? Right? Right. Mm. Yeah, those well, are tough combos. Those are tough combos. For certain people, they're easy for me. Uh, yeah, I feed that's, off that. that's key. Yeah, I took a I think, I think it's ego. Too. I think I think when I think yeah. I I suspect that you are a master at managing and working with ego while still mitigating only, your own. <laughs> no, my team. I I, I upset my team because I I took a personality test actually yesterday and I forgot the name of it, but it's like red is like very decisive entrepreneurial like, and then they measure you how you deal under pressure, and my personality gets more decisive under pressure. So ah. I, I like rub my management team the wrong way. That's why I just hit the phones on the sales guy. Um, but I think that you listen, if you're given an opportunity and at the core, you believe in what you're doing and you truly want to help somebody, you should be able to speak up, right? Because I don't think there's a single time that we as a company have taken someone's capital, not produce results and high fived each other. Like mm. that's not our goal. It doesn't feel good. Nobody likes it, right? Like we're not like, yay. Um, we just, you know, got paid 200 grand and, and, and we failed on our goals. Like that's a disappointment. So uh, when you believe in what you're doing, it, it might seem abrasive, but in reality, I think you're doing the, your, your teammates, your partners a justice by having that awkward conversation and, and being direct, you know? Nice. And then how do you, how do you scale up when you, when you work with a, with a smaller business, let's just say? Um, we moved our minimums. Like our minimum was like one SDR. Um, it was a nightmare. Right, like one SDR for startups, not the proven. Uh, I don't know how we did it. Like I look back and I'm like, oh my god. Um, mm. Our minimum is four full-time SDRs. Very rarely we do two people. It was an upside. Um, but like you have to learn that we're not in the business of a dollar amount. We're in the business of what does somebody actually want to accomplish. If it takes a hundred grand a month or two million a month to do it, you are doing a disjustice giving somebody the wrong product or service right mm. um so i think what we did is move our minimum up move upstream where uh find companies with product market fit already if companies don't have product market fit i opened up amirwriter.com which is like a my consulting automation brand where i'm like you know ruben like you maybe want to hire three sdrs like do you have a process and you're like no um okay cool uh, this is our agreement it's gonna be, i can't do that well you're gonna go to amirwriter.com we're gonna incubate you with automation we're gonna get results and then in two to three months, we'll talk about two to three people because I don't have any interest in working unless it's a proven model, right? Because it's either, do you have a scalable process? Yes or no, right? A or B. Um, and I think that's what allowed us to, to help the right companies and, and, and start scaling up, just saying no, 
uh, as well. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of folks that say, uh, you know, you mentioned this kind of earlier, but there's a lot of folks that say, we don't outsource, we keep it in-house. You know, I, I think there's less and less of those people because now obviously we see the benefits. Um, you know, learning is very expensive. <laughs> and yeah. time is the most valuable thing. Now, if a company, if a smaller company says, well, why would we, why would we hire Cloud, Cloud Task? Why would we hire a, a Mears firm? We're just going to do this ourselves. We're going to kind of maybe follow as, as well as we can whatever Amir is doing, and we're going to do it in-house. We're going to go get our hires, maybe overseas, maybe near shore, maybe in-house, and, and we're going to run with that. What are the common failures that you see in that situation, and how do you sometimes go and fix the problem after they come to you in six months? Yeah, so the common failure is the concept of amplification, and it, it, it's some people lack the ability to understand that um, outsourcing something is not replacing; it's amplifying, right? Like if you're, if you love bringing in SDRs who last, data-wise, one point three years, they either want to become an AE and you promote them or not. Um, like, why not just hire better AEs right off the bat and, and start focusing on your core competencies and moving up your training, right? Like, um, people think it's either or, and, and they don't realize that their time can be applied elsewhere, right? Like, if we're doing tier one or tier two customer support and we're doing hiring, firing, quality assurance, pipping, um, great. You know, do your tier three, hire the best DPs, right? Um, it's like an amplification. It's always sometimes seen as like either this or that. Billion-dollar companies don't see it like that, right? That's why they have 10. DoorDash, who I talk to, um, works with 76 outsource providers, right? Mm. And they have internal because their focus is the customer's experience and their mm. metrics and their numbers. So just, um, you know, oftentimes I think people need to like wake up and realize that it's not either or. It's a combination of it all, right? Um, it, it, it's it's uh, like it's going to be take a big effort to get humans to the Mars, right? It's going to take thirty countries, scientists from around the world, right? Like they get it. Um, you want to get a billion dollar company? It's going to take a lot to get there. You know, something that's shocking that people don't know about CloudTask, and I'll say it here is, I've hired my competitors to help me in sales. Why? Because I care about my customers getting better results so i need to be profitable and i need to hit my forecast i need to reinvest in my platform right and if i believe in it it's sales is a net sum you know two plus two is four right um it's the same way that every employee has a different um output they have a different cost per meeting cost per sale a different vendor will too right so i had some of my competitors that are my colleagues and I said, you know what? Take this vertical for me and, and go at it. See what you can do. And um, it's because it's for me, I, I have very ambitious goals, right? We're, we're 5 million this year. We're going to be 10 next, right? So I kind of, I use my own concept and I tell people that, right? Um, and for me, I care about who shows up and works, right? Like I don't necessarily see a W-2 in office as meaning you're my teammate, right? Like if me and you work together and you're consulting me for five hours a week and every week you show up for those five hours and you give me 100%, our relationship can be 10 years. Mm. You're not, you're more internal than me than some guy I paid full time 90K a year and then left me for a better offer at, um, you know, Facebook, right? So it's like the days of people retiring with you um, they're still there, some will, but like it's just not what it used to be, right? 
Um, but VCs and private equities, they're they're not leaders necessarily. They fund companies that are leaders, but they're not leaders in their modeling. So their models don't say outsource sales. Their models say, go to New York, go to San Fran, hire the best of the best, right? Uh, I'm saying do the same thing, just hire, pick the best, the best of the best and the best, and you know have um, have fewer top guys and have three guys leaving you and focus on keeping one for 20 years, you know? Mm, but there's no my my uh, my business is not perfect, right? Like confident about what I do, but like this is not a home run. Nothing's a home run, right? Um, I think it's like we're all at the same time just working hard, and and there's got to be a cultural fit. There's got to be the right person, the right employee, right? Um, you know, we had a rep on a new account, made a call as a wipe company. And he got in touch with a company that's hiring, uh, looking to replace their phone lines for university. And it's 2,000 lines, right? And it's 2,000 times 30 recurring. It's huge, right? Um, sometimes it comes down to the effort of that person, right? Um, it's like there's just a lot in play when it comes to sales, right? Hire us for support and success. It's, that's easy. Sales is always going to be cutthroat. Um, if you don't mind me asking you, like, how many SDRs have you hired and how many have you fired? You know, was, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I was just going to get into that. We, we have been 99% inbound <laughs> and, and that's a good thing and it's a terrible thing. You know, it's a good thing because we've, it's just been an or- organic story for us. You know, we built our entire technology around that. You know, it's heavily referral based, but frankly, we're not satisfied. You know, we want, we want more growth. We want, you know, we're, we're speaking to institutional capital now. You know, as you know, the, the business has been bootstrapped. Um, it's a very new business. You know, we've been around for, uh, for a, a year and a half, a little over a year and a half. Um, we went through kind of a, a pivot process before that, before, before Dub is what it is, you know, multiple years ago. And that's, of course, some of the failure stories. But now we're at that point where we feel like our, our tech is so scalable. I mean, we've built everything for scale. You know, we've, we've built and we've rebuilt. So I'm particularly interested to talk to you about this conversation because this is, the answer is, the answer is effectively zero, you know, and, um, and, and we're ready to activate that part of this business because I think we got something. So, so let's talk about the term inbound and outbound, right? What, what do you consider inbound, right? Uh, Facebook, uh, paid, right? It just coming to your website, self-serve. Um, non-paid, part. self-serve, uh, people hearing, us, hearing about us from friends, from colleagues reading about a, a piece of content we put out, put out there on the internet, a YouTube SEO, video. right? SEO. Would you consider post? paid Facebook, paid Google? Um, it is outbound? inbound. I, I, no, I think it is inbound. We just, we've just been modest on it. You know, we, we haven't done a massive amount of, of advertising. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we've done our experiments and we've gone through the process. Uh, we, like I said, we're at that stage. Now I'd, ar- I'd argue. I'd argue that it's outbound. Here's why. Right. Okay. So Facebook uh, ads is outbound. I, I, here's my argument. Okay. Right. Um, you get annoyed by a phone call or an email that you don't want, right? Um, but a ad that you find on your feed, that's somehow not annoying, right? Because you know why it's not annoying? Because the power of the brand of Facebook and Google. But you are paying to put an ad in front of somebody's eyes. It is just considered acceptable, mm. right? 
Right. It's acceptable that a company paid for that time and space, right? But you're, if you didn't pay for it, it wouldn't be there, right? Mm. Same with paying a guy spinning a sign outside your store. So it's not like my argument's not that it's outbound. It's just that like it's sales, right? Um, whether you like it or not, right? And then let me ask you another question. Let's talk about the word outbound. I email you 10 times. Hey, Ruben, let's talk, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to talk to me, but you hit the site, my, my link, you hit Cloud Task. And you go to the website and you download an ebook about how to build a, a, an outsourced um, sales team. Were you an outbound lead or were you an inbound lead? I am a convert from an outbound situation to an inbound situation. Oh, yeah, you, 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 you blocked me. There, yeah, you just went to my site. And when you go as when your CMO goes or your your head of data goes and does pulls that report, that lead is not going to show up. As... That's what I was going to tell you. <laughs> That's what I was going to get out. I have been fired. I know, because I don't. I I love. I'll call you. I called your. I called your CRO. That's how he met. Right. I called him. Um, I know for a fact that lots of our effort was taken by the marketing team because they just can't measure it and mm. they just don't know. Right. right, right. Um, but like I you call me if you're if you're not direct with me, if you're like, hey, how's your day going? I'm going to be like, get to the point. If you're not like because I know that anybody calling me wants to do business with me and I'm OK with that. So you could literally be like, hey, it's Ruben from uh, Dub. I want you to be my customer and this is why. And I would like that call. Most people wouldn't. Right. So most people don't do that style. I end up just hanging up because I'm super busy, but I'm more likely to check your website just to know, right? And then I'll go, I'll go self-serve. So a lot of people will buy that way, right? Um, but there hasn't been a mechanism to measure. I am working on measurement mechanisms to do that. And those are partnerships. I have a companies like Partner Stack where we create separate landing pages with unique links. So we could be like, that's the clicks, that's the leads, that's from our effort, right? Um, so there's a solution to that that I'm working on because I'm a strong believer in um, multi-touch attribution and, and separating the two. But I do believe that, because you said it, like if you listen to yourself as a CRO, I've been growing on inbound. Now I'm trying outbound. What about I've been growing on inbound. Outbound is going to give me more inbound. And then I'm going to get some home runs that are clearly outbound because John said meet with me on the meeting and I'm, I, I measure it. But I'm also going to notice there's going to be an increase in my inbound because I just know that the messages are going to resonate with people and I'm confident that it's going to double my brand. Right? So. People don't think like that, and I think it's our jobs to educate people on that. Um, and you know, I'm doing it like for some big companies. I'm on, I'm on WhatsApp, and if I showed you my screen, you can see like I'm messaging some big time CMOs. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying to them, right? Because uh, like not everybody gives you the tools you need, right? Like they don't have that page, or they want a homegrown thing. Everybody wants a homegrown thing, right? I want to build my own tracking system. Uh, do you really need to? There's 500 companies that did it for you, right? Like, uh, and it's broken, you know. Um, but you know, I think it's, I, like I said before, I see it as revenue goals. Everybody's trying to fight over who did it. Is it my W-2? Is it my SDR? Is it my paid ads? They're all trying to fight over um, measurements and budgets. But like for me, I'm like, am I hitting revenue? Am I profitable? Are my customers happy? Are my employees happy? Um, and that's kind of where like what I'm like very, like I'm a hyper bull just focused on that. Cool. Like, Maybe in five years, I'll have some great data scientists breaking down my revenue streams for me with reports, and I could like be a little bit more precise. But um, if people started focusing more on their customers and their revenue goals, they would stop fucking 
firing and hiring people and and churning and this and that it's it's kind of funny i i laugh at some of the things i see i'm like i i've seen companies that had 30 million in revenue that are doing 3 million in revenue recurring and they're like they're the most confident people in the world and like you can't you can't effing help me you know like what do you know amir um so i've seen just a lot of stuff out there and it's given me confidence and give me confidence to help people more um and empowered us you know um hope i didn't get off track no, no, you're See, after right. A call track. Like, after a call like this, I just want to start outbounding to create some inbound. <laughs> you, you, are, you are outbounding right now because there's plenty of people watching and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people that are interested in what you're saying, especially me right now. Question for you. I want to wrap this up in a minute, but I do have one question for you. Now, one of the reasons why I think people, and I really want to get to the core of, of some of my emotions in just the most transparent way that I can, some of the, the factors on not wanting to outsource are fear-based, right? Fear of having someone else represent the brand, fear of having people whom you don't necessarily directly manage communicating in, in methods and styles, you know, providing potentially false information. Now, I'm not saying any of these are real, right? But these fears often cause people to stay clammed up, you know, the turtle with the shell on top because 100%. it doesn't want to go out. Right. Do you and, know how many times I've heard my comp, my, my technology is too complicated for you to sell? And how many times I'm like, well, we're not selling your product. We're actually selling the meeting. So, um, so we're selling the meeting? Yeah, I, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So what do you think I said your CRO? If I, if I played the recording with your CRO, like, conversation was not about cloud task. It was like, hey, man, let's just chat. Like, maybe like, I, 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 can, I can upload it to you. I recorded it. Nice. Um, you know, but um, yeah, I've heard it all. I hope, I hope that uh, my marketing team's hearing this because we need to make some more collateral around that, right? Like, um, because guess what? Like, I am probably more worried than you are about our guys saying the right things and representing <laughs> our brand. And so are our managers, right? Uh. And I'm going to have to be like, hey, Ruben, man, this guy is not repping your brand the right way. I'm going to proactively fire him and rehire him. Because guess what? It's going to happen to you too, you know? Uh, I can't change human behavior, right? Right. I can always say that by specializing in something, by making major investments in coaching and training, that I could potentially do it at a level that makes sense for you to team up with me, right? Mm. Not replace what you have, team up with me, right? Hire five people internal. If they're doing awesome, tell, we're in one Slack channel. Be one team, one meeting. Competition. Why was it? There's internal competition, but there can't be external. I, I'll tell you, like, your bank account does not know the difference between W2 money, outsource money. It doesn't care, mm. right? It's either a million dollars or not. It doesn't care. So use the competition. Everybody is nice. a team player, right? Nice. Mm. Um, that's just how I see it. I'm an early adopter, right? Like I'm the I'm the guy with like the first gadget in every category. Um, so like I, I know that my brain's different, and I have to learn that everyone else doesn't think like that. So I can only hope that my marketing team can educate people um, that results can continue and i that's why i i say great things about my like i had a call the other day and someone's like what do you think about this guy who's a direct competitor of mine and this direct competitor he's like out of the 30 direct competitors I'm, i know like this one guy doesn't actually like me and i was like i think he's fucking amazing uh i think you should hire him and hire me because if he's profitable for you and i'm profitable it sounds like a win you know mm. and the guy was like shocked that he heard of that but like you know i think that for me um i just would love people in our industry First of all, people always say lead gen, and it's like, uh, you know, what, is, what does lead gen really mean? It's such a weird term, right? Because it's like, 
to me, a lead is the correct name, number, and email address of somebody. Uh, uh, MQL is somebody you agreed um, for information. SQL is somebody who's like, oh, I'm actually interested in your stuff, right? And opportunity is like, hey, I'm hiring now. Great timing. So it's like they all say lead gen, and I'm like, what does that even mean to you, right? Like they, their terminology is off. And then they're always like, I, lead gen companies have a bad name, right? Like, so I just would love people in our industry to like really separate the quality from the quantity um, because it kind of gets looped into one bowl, right? Does that make sense? Totally. That's, yeah. The only people that are separate from that are like the big companies where they're million dollar minimums, you know? Um, it's like sometimes it's too close to tell. You you can't separate um, who's who, right? Right. Now, uh, final question for you is, you know, this idea of if we are an American company, we need to have people from this country that not look like us but sound like us yeah right we don't necessarily this is an object i'm giving you an objection and i can't wait to hear your response but we are concerned with outsourcing our sales to another country you know yeah um because of communication styles and language barriers and whatnot now of course when i think about this i think about our rep that we've we have this rep that was assigned to us, which we don't really even communicate with that much. But this person from Google and then Facebook also emailed us one point. Oh, and, said, hey. and, and those you know those people are they're educated. One of them's from Nigeria. One of them's from India. I'm from India, and uh, so I'd love to get your take on that. Really easy, uh, a really easy answer. Every company, no matter who you are, are hires like with their own culture, right? So if you're in San Francisco, your employees can be completely different from the guy in Suite Number Two Hundred Two. Right, uh, it's the same thing in a different country, near shore, far shore, whatever. There's, do you know how many companies are in Colombia? Uh, I, I lost count. Like Amazon, Black and Decker, every giant company is there, right? Um, even HubSpot, and like I'm able to hear this because like they have an office in Bogota. They were going to hire us because like they just weren't making it work, right? Um, so it's like you are who, your culture and what you invest in people, in training and coaching. It, it, that's what we are, right? We're not a staffing company. I'm not finding somebody for you. I'm, I'm, I'm. I care about their life. I care about their, you know, uh, you know, their, their mental health, their, their, um, their vacation time. So, like, company's culture changes. You interview everybody who's about to work for you. And thirdly, I'm in Miami now, opening up our U.S. office because we're going to have U.S.-based people. Because if you want U.S.-based people, sure, we got that, right? I'm not now. I will no longer be in the business of this is all that we have, right? My focus is going to be on the result that you want. And if you have a specific request that the person must be in the U.S., you got it, right? Mm. You might pay a little bit more. Right. Maybe the results will be better. Maybe they won't. So the future of our company is going to be um, international. And we already are. We have a team in uh, Manila. I've hired people in, in, in uh, South Africa. I, I do have people in the U.S. Um, so we're just going to have an office here. Um, and people will have the choice and they can be blended teams. Mm. Like I said before, it's all a math formula, right? It's one big math formula, right? <laughs> if this is your yeah. budget, this is your goal, and we work backwards and the math formula makes sense, let's work together. Nice. And that's it. And for, for the record, I'm, I'm a massive, massive believer in you know, working with people overseas, near shore. You know, we, have, we have a team in the Philippines actually that helps us with um, customer support. So it's a small team, but it's it's actually it's actually managed by um, this woman by the name of Ina. And I've been telling Ina, I said you got to get into sales because you would be so good because you know our platform so well. 
And, you know, we're going through that process, but I'm, yeah. I'm a believer in that. And for I, me, it's like the person on the other end, I don't care what they sound like. I just care if they're educated about what they're selling and what they know. And they have compassion and patience. You know? I don't know if you're a sci-fi guy. Have you watched uh, yeah. the show Expanse on Amazon Prime? No, I haven't. But Well, it's like one world. It's actually a okay. future where it's like America, the belt, and then Mars, which has been colonized for 100 years. And like for me, like I think this sounds really weird, but like... Having 5,000 languages and whatever the numbers in all these countries is just strange to me. Like I, I just see that our, our world as being one world and everybody is being human. Um, and that's just like my mentality. And I think that's kind of what inspires me to travel the world. And some people just don't see the world like that, right? Um, and it might take a lot of time for us to get to that future if we ever do. But that's the world I live in. It's more borderless. It's if you have a good heart, good compassion, um, and you want to get stuff done, let's do it, right? And that's just me. So, yeah, you know, I had, just to let you know, it's like a funny Drift. Um, we did 24-7 support for Drift, and like Drift, um, they, they let us go for like some weird political reason that we were doing really well for them. The two guys doing the night shift, night shift, one of them is now my CTO, basically, and the other one's like my head of uh, sales engineering. We've been for three years. I was like, thank you for firing us. And it was like, they just didn't look at the talent. They weren't even like, they didn't even like know who they were, and they didn't realize that they had brilliant people on their team, right? Because mm. um, there's prejudice against the the word outsourcing is negative, right? Um, different countries can't you can't be a, you can't be a genius, right? But we all know that's BS. You said you're from India, right? How many billion dollar companies are there now in India? <laughs> How many amazing doctors are there, mm. right? Yeah, you know. So it's like, you know, I I. Uh, yeah, I think the the world will change, um, and I hope it does. And you know, that's just you know our our little part is you know hopefully we raise uh, raise our first round so we can just reinvest in our people um, and give them opportunities to learn and to grow. And um, I see a future for our teammates. Like, not to get into it, but we're building a very very powerful platform, and we want to be like an Uber um, for sales, success, and support. The only difference is Uber, you get a driver and drops you off. Here, you'll have consistency, right? Um, and I want a future where our SDRs are not SDRs, they're AI trainers. Our CX reps are not CX, uh, CX reps, they're CX tra AI trainers, right? So like my give back to everybody who believed in me um, and in our company is that they will have, um, they won't have that stigma of like, I work at a call center, which we're not, right? But there's a stigma to that. Uh, I'm, I'm just calling on this and that and knowing that they're going to be part of uh, a billion dollar technology company that helps CEOs like yourself build better products. Because if somebody can get better results and reinvest in their product, they make the world a better place. A lot of this tech helps us live um, a better world. Airbnb, we can go get a house um, on the mountains that we dreamed of for two nights, right? So people didn't have to worry so much about building support. You didn't come up with dub, right? Like when you woke up and you're like, I got this idea, it's amazing, I'm gonna help people with videos. Did you also wake up and be like, I am gonna have the best sales team I'm gonna have the best support team, the best success team, or is that a necessary evil to get your product to where it needs to get to? Yeah, no, we, we're still thinking about that. You know, at first, no, you're, you're, I totally see where you're going with this. Yeah. Yeah, they're just they're in, they became so like it's like it's so necessary. It's almost as if it was like college was necessary, right? But we know it's not, right? So, you know, having your own sales team is not. Having the performance, the representation, the quality at a high level is. That's really it. Nice, man. Where can people uh, connect with you? 
everywhere. Um, Facebook, Instagram. I just use my name, Amir Writer. No, there's no other Amir Writers out there. Uh, LinkedIn. I'm Omnichannel. Nice, man. <laughs> and cloudtask.com is your website. So thank you, Amir, so much yeah. for the time. And I, I really appreciate it. This was extremely educational. And, uh, you know, congratulations on your success, man. Likewise, man. I love what you guys are doing. I love the product. Um, I'm a big fan of video. And uh, thank you for having me on. And we'll chat, man. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you guys grow. And happy to help any way I can, man. Take care. Cool, man. St stick around for a sec here if you can. Hey, man. Of course.